Bedlam breakdown. Check out this video. I love serving at People's Church because it is so exciting to be a part of this mission and vision um, just to reach so many people for Christ. Love being a, a servant at People's Church, um, mainly in the children's department, um, knowing that you know the Lord's using me and you know the other volunteers to feed in the children's lives. Uh, but most of all, while we're doing that, we know that their parents are being fed spiritually. It's just um, a great opportunity. I just thank God for being a part of the church and being used by God. I enjoy serving at People's Church because you enjoy a great gift of love. Uh, secondly, um, of seeing hearts change for Jesus Christ, and I think that's most important. The kids, just seeing their face, seeing them, you know, every Sunday morning, you know that you're impa impacting the, their, their lives, and they, just the way they see you, and you see God growing in them. That's why I love serving at People's Church. And one of the reasons why uh, I serve at People's Church, and I mean, A, I love the vision. You know, it's all about reaching people, and uh, I know my wife and I, we serve, uh, we start serving in the youth ministry, and uh, man, we've met so many people that we call our dear friends, and been able to be a part of an awesome community, and man, it's just, I mean, it really, not only you have the chance to change other people's life, but man, at the same time, your life is changed because of the people that you get to know, and, and the people that... Uh, that invest into your life as well. So it's, it's, I love it. I love serving in the kids' ministry because I firmly stand on the scripture that says, um, train a child up in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And um, I firmly believe that, and I just love watching kids learn about Jesus. I like serving at People's Church on the teams and ministry and stuff because it's a great time. We have a lot of time uh, just spending with friends and fellowship with one another and just an awesome vision to be a part of something bigger than yourself. It's just a great time. I enjoy serving at People's Church because, uh, you know, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And this church has great vision, and that's something that I can get behind and work. And I love to see um, lives changed and people coming to the Lord. I serve at People's Church because I love people and I love to serve. So happy together. this video at our volunteers banquet uh, two or three weeks ago when we had out of the 600 people that serve here in ministry we had around 350 of them out on a Friday night and we ate together and we celebrated the goodness of, of God and our volunteers uh, there's a lot in common with them uh, regarding the bedlam game coming up and let me just let you get over it right now all you OU fans just go oh yeah I'll tell you we'll, we'll, you'll get over it amen the Bedlam Breakdown, OU versus OSU next weekend. And I'm going to give you my prediction. I can tell you right now who's going to win the game. Here's the prediction. Whoever plays as a team, whoever plays well in all three phases of the game, 
It takes the entire team. You see, it's not just the offensive side of the ball that has to play well. The defensive side has to play well. Even though they're, they're not on the field at the same time, uh, sometimes they sit on the bench, they don't even see each other, but yet both units have to play well. But also not just the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball has to play well, but the special teams has to play well. It takes the entire team pulling together to get the victory. And here at People's Church, one of the reasons the Lord has blessed this church in incredible ways is we have people that have pulled together and at every facet and every phase of the church there are people that are serving and making things happen. It's a team effort and I thank the Lord whether it's the kids, the youth, our community groups, whether it's the media, whether it's vocalists or instruments, whether it's uh, people cooking meals for folks, hospital team, we have people pulling together to make this church uh, a successful church to bring honor to God. It takes the entire team doing their part. What I want to do today is I want to give you four keys to great teams. Four keys to great teams. Point number one is this. Great teams have an inspiring vision. An inspiring vision. If you and I would have had an opportunity to talk to OU and OSU players before the season started and talk to the coaches and ask them, what is the vision for the season. I'll tell you this, that their vision was an inspiring vision at the beginning of the season. I guarantee you, they would have not have said this to you. Well, our vision is we hope we win one game. I mean, if we win one or two games, we're happy. That has to be a great season. That was not the vision. That would have not inspired anybody. Nobody would have wanted to go through two-a-days and practice in 100-degree weather, and all the vision was is to win one ball game. I guarantee you at the beginning of the season, before it started in August, they said our vision is to win the Big 12. Our vision is to win the national championship, and it inspired them, and they were willing to practice and to sacrifice to see the vision come to pass. You see, friends, here at People's Church, we have a God-sized, Holy Spirit-inspired vision because vision is important for every team. Matter of fact, Scripture says in Proverbs chapter 29 about the importance of vision in verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Thank God that we're not going to be a people in a church that perishes because we are full of vision. Our vision is a God-sized vision to reach thousands of people who are far away from God. It's a vision to see people grow to their full potential in Christ. It's a vision to see thousands of people connected in biblical community through our community group ministry. It's a vision to see thousands of people serving one another and serving the community with passion. It's a vision to reach thousands of kids and thousands of teenagers with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a vision to be a unit multicultural church that brings glory and honor to our heavenly Father. It's a God-sized vision that inspires us for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a second key to great teams. Number two is this. Great teams have a strategy to accomplish the vision. Both OU and OSU have a strategy each week to accomplish the vision. I had an opportunity to play college football, and I got to see what, 
what happens behind the scenes in preparation. And, and every single week, the coaches spend hours, sometimes all night long, looking at film, dissecting film. They're looking at film of their opponent and looking at their strengths and their weaknesses and their tendencies. And then they bring the players in, and the players watch the film, and, and they, they look at the, the, their team and their opponent. They're getting ready to play, and they, they, they watch, and they learn, and they see their weaknesses. And, and then we also, as a football team, we would look at our own film and our, pre, our prior game that we just played and we will look at our strengths and our weaknesses and our mistakes and where we could get better. And then once the coaches looked at the opponent's team and their weaknesses and strengths and our team and our weaknesses and strengths, they would put together a game plan. They would put together certain plays to help us win and get the victory to see the vision come to pass. And here at People's Church, we believe in having vision and we believe in seeking God and having a plan to see the vision come to pass. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 3, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Everybody say plans. I mean, this is so good. You need to seek God and get a plan for your life, a plan for your business, a plan for your workplace, a plan for your family. It's wonderful to have a plan from our Heavenly Father. And here at People's Church, we believe we have to have a plan to see the vision come to pass. And what I want you to understand, there's two key words here, two key words. I firmly believe in what I call strategic service. Two words, strategic service service. In other words, we don't just ask you to serve to waste time. It's just not random. Well, let's just, whatever you want to do, just, just do whatever you want to do and serve. We have a strategy when four or five services are going on and you see people coming and going. There, there is a strategy. And then when you join a ministry team, you can realize you're being a part of a strategy to see the vision come to pass. We believe that first impressions matter. We believe in friendliness. And that's why we have a strategy. We have a parking lot ministry and a greeter ministry and an usher ministry. We, we believe kids and, and teenagers need to be invested. The, they need to hear the word of God and age appropriate teaching. And we've got kids ministry going on right now. It's part of the strategy. There is planning and preparation that goes on. There, there, there's youth sponsors serving and investing in our teenagers every Wednesday night. There is strategy. There is a plan. There's a strategy that goes forth behind the scenes with our community groups ministering and growing together and, and hospital teams and, and people cooking meals for people that are, are hurting and downing out and, and, and need some food. I mean, we have ministry. Go- and what you can realize is there is strategic service. We ask you to jump on one of the ministry teams and you can realize that you're helping to advance the ball and see the vision coming to, pa- to, pa- to pass. There is a plan in place. Number three, there is a third key to great teams. Number three is this. Great teams have great players. Both OSU and OU, they understand how important it is to have great players on their team if they're going to win games and accomplish the vision. Matter of fact, it's so important for them to have great players. On their coaching staff, they have people, full-time paid coaches, that their entire job is to go recruit new players. And they spend time on airplanes going all across the nation to find the best talent and the best players and to spend time with these players. And and they fly these players back to, to, to their campus, their university, and so they can see them and sell their program to them. And they spend their time trying to get the best players in their program because they realize great players are needed to advance the vision. 
And also they pay what they call a strength coach, full-time salary. And his job is to train those players and to take good players and turn them into great players with a regimen and a workout and all different types of strategies, behind-the-scene things that goes on, workout strategies to get these players from good to great. And they do all that to, to win ball games. There is, they have to have great players. And you know what I love about God's kingdom? What I love about the kingdom of God is God uses ordinary people, just like these volunteers at our volunteer banquet, who work ordinary jobs to advance his kingdom. You see, great in God's kingdom is not based on having the most talent or ability. You see, great in God's kingdom, like these volunteers, it's just about loving God. It's about loving people. It's about having a servant's heart. It's about having a passion and a commitment to do whatever it takes to win people to the Lord and see them grow in their faith, to advance the kingdom of God. I just want to take a moment and just say thank you uh, to all of our volunteers for being on a team and helping us advance the ball and advance the vision and to see the kingdom of God advanced. And all of you that are not on a ministry team, I know that today you're going to get involved in a ministry. Amen. Point number three. There's a, excuse me, point number four. There is a fourth key uh, to great teams. And this is where I want to spend the balance uh, of my time today. Number four is this. Great teams have unselfish players. Unselfish players. Both universities, OU and OSU, have unselfish players on their teams. They have players who will stay late, and I can remember in my collegiate days, players that will stay late after practice to watch film. And they'll spend a couple of hours after practice. It's not required. It's above and beyond the call of duty, but they want to have their assignment down. They want to know their opponent, and so they spend time after practice. There are other players who will spend time after practice working on their skills, and they'll run and catch balls, and, and they'll run sprints, and they'll, they'll learn their assignment. Assignment. They'll, they'll spend time practicing, crafting their art so that they can win the ball games. There are some players that are so unselfish that they'll switch positions. That they came to that university to play quarterback, and the next thing you know, the coach says, Hey, we don't need you here. For the best interest of the team, we need you at wide receiver, and they're unselfish, and so they'll move to receiver. There are sometimes there are drastic moves that, Hey, we don't even need you on the offensive side of the ball. If we're going to advance the vision and win ball games, I need you on the defensive side of the ball at a safety or a linebacker because we got to do whatever it takes to win ball games. And, and players are very unselfish to see the vision come to pass. And they do all of that sweat and all of that work to get a piece of pig across the line. Yeah, all that. And how much more important is it that we pull together as a team and reach people for the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm talking about something that has eternal ramifications. I'm talking about something that impacts people's eternity. I'm talking about heaven and hell. This is serious folk. They think things, folks, that I'm talking about. It's serious. Serious business that you and I Get to partner with God to reach people. Great teams, friends, are full of unselfish people. We have people that work 40 hours a week job and come and serve at the church 10, 12, 15 hours a week. Unselfish people. Friends, you know what makes a great church? If you're a guest today, you, you may not know some of my history. I, I, I've been able to travel quite a bit before we started the church. And 
I've been in a lot of churches. I've spoken on a lot of platforms, and I've seen a lot of great churches. And there's one common denominator in every great church. You know what that common denominator is? People in a great church have learned to live beyond themselves. They live beyond themselves. Do you know why some churches don't reach people? Some churches don't grow. They are full of problems, and they never do anything great for God. There's one common denominator. I've seen it over and over. There's one common denominator. People in those churches only live for themselves. Life is all about them. Church is all about them. It's all about what they like and what they want and who can serve them. And they are consumed with selfishness. And this consumer mentality reminds me of the words of Solomon. And please understand that that I'm not talking down to you today because we all struggle with this. We're all wrapped up in this suit, this, this, this body called flesh. And if we don't have it under subjection to the Lord Jesus Christ, we struggle with being selfish. More than we ought to, we spend our time thinking about us and what we want and what we like. And, and the wisest man who ever walked planet Earth wrote these words about being selfish in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 10. He says, listen, let me talk about my life to you. He said, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired, whether it was good or bad. If I saw it and I desired it and I wanted it, I went after it and I got it. It's about me. He said, I refuse. Notice what he said. I refuse my heart no pleasure. He said, I went after it. Even if I had to step over somebody. Even if I had to abuse somebody. Even if I had to use somebody. I did whatever it took to see my desires fulfilled. Because life is, you know, it's really all about, all about me. He said, my heart took delight in all my work. Because life's really, you know, about me. And this was the reward for all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had told to achieve, I, I want you to notice, he said, listen, I, I have lived my life for myself. I saw my desires fulfilled. I refused myself nothing at any cost. I made myself happy. And he said, after living life for myself, this was my conclusion. Everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. You know what the world tells you and I? You, you want real satisfaction? You want real happiness? Live for yourself. Spend for yourself. Only think about yourself. And you know what happens? After living life only for yourself, and I've been there, there was a time in my life where I only lived for myself and thought about myself, one of my desires fulfilled. And you know what happens to all of us? Many of you have been there where you've lived your life only for yourself. You know what happens? You end up just like Solomon. You live for yourself and you say, this is meaningless. I'm empty. I I thought having the 
house or the car or the, or, or the money or the raise. I thought having this or having that would make me happy and fulfilled. And I'm still miserable. And I'm still empty. And I still don't feel like I have any purpose for living. You know what Jesus does? Jesus tells us how to have real life. Jesus explains to us very clearly how to have a life of meaning and a life of purpose and a life of fulfillment. The the, the next verses, the few verses I'm going to read to you are so important. Listen, I want to encourage you to memorize this portion of Scripture. I want to challenge you this week to read these verses over and over and over again and commit them to memory because this, my friends, is the foundation of what it means to live for Jesus Christ. If you're going to really be a follower of the Lord, these are key foundational scriptures. Jesus said in Mark chapter 8 and verse number 34 and 35, Then he called his disciples and the crowds to come over and listen. If any of you wants to be my follower, he told them because, hey, you're sitting around and you guys are talking because you're following me on the roadside. You say, hey, isn't this great following Jesus? I mean, look at the miracles. Look at the, at the healings. I mean, I follow Jesus. I, I show up at the big crowd. I, I'm there at the big event. I'm a follower of the Lord. He says, if any of you really wants to be my follower, he told them, you must put aside your own pleasures, your own wants, your own desires, and shoulder your cross and follow me closely. One translation says, you want to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross, then follow me. Die to yourself, your lifestyle, your wants, your pleasures, and follow hard after me. And then Jesus begins to explain even more of what he's saying in verse 35. He says, if you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. And so many people try to save their life and they're living life for themselves and they spend for themselves and they think for themselves and they, and they only, only spend their time for themselves. Everything revolves around them. And Jesus says, listen, if you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. He said, only those who throw away, I mean, that strong language, only those who throw away their lives. You mean Pastor Jesus is asking me to throw away my life? Absolutely, yes. If you really want to be a follower of Jesus Christ, he says, throw away your own life. And that's not a negative thing. That's a very positive thing. Because Jesus says, throw away your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news to advance the kingdom of God. And he says, listen, listen, if you'll throw your lives away for my sake and for the sake of the good news, we'll ever know what it means to really live. He says, listen, when you throw your, way life, your life away for my sake and you live totally committed to me and you die to yourself and follow after me, he says, it's at that moment you find what it mean, means to really live. And, and you know what I'm afraid of? You know what alarms me about the church of Jesus Christ? especially in America, is there are so many people that go to church week after week that fill our churches that don't know what it means to really live. They don't know what it means. They're empty. They're unfulfilled. Because life is all about them. 
You see, friends, the reason I ask you to get involved in serving in a ministry is not to fill slots. It's so that you can, can live out your God-given destiny. It's so that you can, 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 can understand what it means to have real life. You see, there's a powerful biblical paradox that Jesus teaches us. Whoever wants to find his life must first lose it. And that's when you begin to really, really live. I think Jesus sums it up best in Mark chapter number 9 and verse number 33. Jesus said that they came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road talking to his disciples? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, if anyone, let, let me tell you about following me. Let me tell you about how to be great. Let me tell you about how to be first. If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last. He must have the attitude that I'm willing, not just to be, la- not just to be near the end, but to be the very last and the servant of all. Get the picture here. The disciples are having an argument that we still have today about who's the greatest. And that was their argument. That was their dilemma. And and don't we have that same struggle today? We try to one-up one another. You know, who's really great? And I could just hear the conversation. Luke says, hey, I, I'm Dr. Luke. <laughs> Before Jesus called me, I was a doctor, had my practice. I'm pretty special. <laughs> and, and Matthew says, well, I was a tax collector. I worked for the IRS. I'm pretty, pretty important guy. Somebody else says, well, look, let me show you my stuff. You know, look at my stuff. Look at what I got. I, I'm pretty, pretty important person. <laughs> Somebody else says, well, 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 well. They always call me to sit on the boards. and They always want to, to talk to me and get my input. And I'm pretty special. Somebody else says that. Do you know I know such and such? We're friends. Yeah. Huh? Pretty important stuff. Somebody else says, hey, look at all the miracles I've done. I mean, look, look at all of the... Real, let me show you my plaques and accolades. Look, look at all that I've done. Jesus said, guys, 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 guys. You're missing it. You've been with me a couple of years. and You've heard my teaching and you're still missing it. You've been in my small group, just the 12 of us, talk, and you're still missing it. You've seen the miracles and the power of God, and you, and you still miss what this is all about. He said, come here, fellas. Come, come, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. You want to be great in God's eyes. You got it all wrong. See, it'll take you being the very last, the servant of all. That's being great in God. The very moment you begin to puff up and begin to think, I'm more spiritual than you, you've missed it. The very moment you begin to think, well, I'm so, you have missed it. Because great in God's eyes, it's a person who has the mentality, I'll be the very last. I'll be the servant of all. 
and it's contrary to what our world says because the world says be a servant <laughs> whatever indulge yourself Fulfill your desires. Pursue pleasure. Live for yourself. Spin for yourself. Think only of yourself. Use your time for yourself. I mean, after all, it's all about you. And God said, you, you, God said, you got it all wrong. Do you want to be great? Be the servant of all. Church, I dare you. Do you remember growing up on the playground? You know, I dare you. I double dog dare you. I triple dog dare you to begin to live your life by God's way and God's standards and just watch what happens in your heart and in your life. Recklessly, recklessly serve others. Put down your position, put down your title, put down your pride, put down your arrogance, put down your selfishness and become the servant of all. I'll tell you what will happen. You're going to grow closer to God. I'll tell you what will happen when you begin to recklessly serve others to honor the Lord. You'll find yourself saying, I was created for this. I, I was destined for this. I, I found purpose. I found fulfillment. I'm living beyond myself. I was made to do this. And I'm asking you, would you begin to live beyond yourself? I'm going to ask you right now, if you're in this place... Would you take this card out of your bulletin, this blue card? And I unapologetically ask you to sign up for ministry. Oh, pastor, I'm busy. Who's not busy? It comes down to, are you going to deny yourself and honor the Lord? Oh, pastor, you don't understand who I am. I don't care who you are. If you're a servant of Jesus Christ, you need to be living beyond yourself and serving others. Pastor, you don't, you don't understand my schedule. I, I get your schedule like everybody else's. It's those who... You really want to be a servant of the Lord. And I'm going to ask you to sign up for ministry here at People's Church. Fill this card out. On the back side, check, check a ministry. As the offering bucket comes by, turn this card in. And listen, church, when you turn this card in, if, if for some reason uh, you don't get it filled out completely before the bucket comes by, just drop back in the tables and drop the card off at the table. And this week... Somebody from our staff this week or next week is going to give you a call to get you involved in ministry. And if we miss you, call back. Amen. Praise the Lord. Call back. And we want to get you plugged into ministry. Pastor, I want to be great. I'm going to tell you how to be great. Pastor, I want to be special. I'm going to tell you how to be special in God's eyes. Get involved in living beyond Yourself. I'm believing for 100 people this weekend to sign up to get involved in our kids and our youth ministry to invest in the next generation. Would you step up and be the servant? Lord Jesus, thank you so much. I confess to you, Lord, I'm not there. I confess in front of this church before you that I need you to work in me.